You found my podcast. I'm Danielle Royston, and this is Telco and 20. I am super pumped about our first episode. Why am I doing this? Um, I think it's because I'm like the Elon Musk of Telco, Mr. Tesla, Mr. SpaceX. He set an incredibly exciting vision for his mission to Mars. It's now 2020. Every five years, he inches closer towards his goal. I'm a little bit like him. I believe in the next 20 years, Telco is going to radically change and everything we know about the software that runs the Telco industry is going to move to the public cloud. Okay, I think I just compared myself to Elon Musk, which is a little bit crazy because he's amazing. But I am that bold. If you follow me on Twitter, you can get some laughs with some of my crazy tweets. But what I'm talking about is really changing the way telco companies work today. And changing a company is super hard. I know this because I've been a turnaround CEO for the last 11 years. My most recent company was a little diamond in the rough, the telco software company named Optiva. No one ever talked about the public cloud. Not a soul. Public cloud has changed every other industry. And so I was very curious, why hasn't it come to telco? And literally everyone would shush me. They were like, don't say that to customers. You can't talk about the public cloud to our customers. And I'm like, "Um, you're insane. What are you guys saying? And thankfully, I completely ignored them and called my pals over at Google. said, hey, will one of you travel to my biggest customer that's located in Asia, that has 200 million subscribers. And let's go talk to them about the public cloud and a public cloud database called Google Cloud Spanner. So I launched my Hail Mary, which was awesome that I did because it totally worked. And I was like, hold on a second. What if we took our company, pivoted our software for the public cloud and became the leaders in our space. Once I knew one of the largest telcos would go to the public cloud, I knew everyone would go to the public cloud. I love hard problems, and it was probably one of the hardest problems I've ever tackled as a turnaround CEO. I knew I succeeded because I had courage and a vision. But it starts by taking the first step. Let's take 20. So this podcast is a little bit different than the others. We usually talk all things telco and public cloud, but today we're going to talk about transformational leadership because that's what the telco industry needs now. I'm talking about the kind of bold and visionary leadership that launched companies and entire industries into new orbits. My guest today is an old friend, Jim Abelt. He is a senior human resources professional and a leadership guru. I met Jim when I worked at a super innovative software company called Trilogy, here in Austin, Texas. He knows more about transformative leadership and accountability than just about anyone I know. To kick it off, right, I've known Jim for close to 20 years. I guess it'll be 20 years, you know, in September. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time, Jim, just recalling our first impressions of each other. So I'll go first. So when Jim came to Trilogy, um, he was going to be hired as our SVP of HR, which I felt was a completely useless title and we did not need Jim at all. (laughs) And I really saw him as, you know, someone coming from an old and boring company to like ruin our fun. (laughs) And so Jim, what did you think about me? (laughs) Well, um, I thought you were very young, 20 something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I knew I was interviewing for a very different kind of company. You were interviewing me for Trilogy, a company which the business press had recently dubbed Insanity Inc. (laughs) And if Trilogy were Insanity Inc., I found you to be insanity incarnate. Yep. (laughs) You were so extreme and so outrageous, I can't find the words. Mm. So I'll use yours. We're changing everything, Jim. (laughs) We're changing everything. By the way, the company that I joined at Trilogy, I thought was filled with the smartest people in the world I'd ever met who knew nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's like the most dangerous kind of smart where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's super innovative because you're unconstrained. Well, I think (laughs) there are smart people who know they don't they don't know something. And then there's smart people who don't know what they don't know. And we were definitely (laughs) the latter. (laughs) Right? It was just, it was a lot of unbridled energy and zero focus. So, (laughs) so Jim, what do you think is good leadership and why do you think it's important? I would say leadership is important because you want to win. Yeah. Are there any great sustainably great companies in the history of the world that were built by bad leaders? Are there any academics or experts who are doing research that ties bad leadership to better bottom line performance? And are any employees waking up in the morning thinking, I can't wait to go to work because my leader is so bad. I love working for that guy. (laughs) Leadership matters. It just does. There's no substitute for effective leadership. It's the sin qua non of any enduring high-performing company. Totally agree. Leadership absolutely matters. <laughs> I like to think that I matter and it matters if I'm if I'm good and it matters if I'm, you know, great and that's obviously what I'm I'm shooting for. So, can you talk to me about about what you think the difference is between a leader and a transformative leader? Well, one thing that all leaders do, whether they're good leaders or great leaders, is they make the plan. They decide what the organization is going to do. And good leaders make winning plans. And the difference between a good leader and a great leader is the quality of those plans. Um, The great leaders make way bigger plans. They make way better plans. They make plans that change everything, Jim. And when those plans are so good, people call those visions. Yeah, awesome. When I took over Optiva in 2017, it was literally on the verge of bankruptcy. and I didn't really know what kind of company I was working with. I could be working with a company that didn't really have a great future or potential. And I've definitely, I've worked on 15 companies like that, where you just sort of like, you know, change the trajectory of the crashing plane. And in PS, it's super profitable. And I've done it 15 times. <laughs> when I came into Optiva, I just didn't know what I had. And so, um, but I knew it was a really big company. It was about $150 million in revenue. It was 1,600 people. And one of the first calls was to Jim Abel to be like, 
hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of things with this business. We're going to change the culture. We're going to change the way they work. People are going to be scared. And so, you know, I, I called Jim and he gave me a lot of great advice. And but I, the one, the one other thing, um, and, and this, I think is, is, um, is a good point. It's an easy point. Um, 30 years ago, uh, I worked for the Ronald Reagan of business communicators. And he gave the best definition of a transformational leader I ever heard. There wasn't even a term transformational leader back then, but I can still hear his words. He said, little changes to little things are a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to waste. Yeah. Little changes to big things, they're dangerous because they create the illusion of change. Mm-hmm. Big changes to little things, they're great, but you need a lot of them. Big changes to big things, that's what builds the business. It was so great. And transformational leaders make big changes to big things, which is why they're a big deal. And so many people don't have that courage to make those big changes to big things. So when you're working with leaders who are going to change a culture and drive a lot of change within the company, what are your like two or three tips for what you need to do to be successful? Well, first, you need to be a really transformational leader because you're talking about big changes. Not, I mean, not everybody has to change everything, but what you're describing about is folks who really are going to do things differently. And if you really want to do things differently, there's two characteristics that you have to have to differentiate you from all other leaders. One is you've got to be brainy, And number two, you've got to be bold. And you need to have way better plans than other people, way Mm -hmm. bigger Mm -hmm. plans, because those are the plans that people call visions and they change Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. When I came in, I like to call the strategy that the company had was like everyone was in a boat, but we only had one oar. And so we were just sort of driving in a circle. (laughs) Right. You know, when you're in a boat and you have like one oar and we, we just didn't have, we had no, we had no, we really didn't have direction. Right. We had some velocity, I guess, but we were telling everyone yes. And so you actually have to say no. Like that's what leaders do. They're like, this is what we're working on. And even more importantly, this is what we are not working on. We're going to Super important point. Yeah. Super important point. That was one of the first things that I did at Optiva was you know, set a course for the future. And it was a bold and, you know, sort of that bold vision. And the initial feedback was you're wrong and it won't work. Uh, that's so funny you bring that up because that gets to the boldness part. Mm-hmm. So uh, big leaders, they don't care if everybody thinks they're wrong. You know, the, the, first, the most famous executive of the 1990s was Jack Welch at GE. Mm-hmm. I was always struck by how he didn't fear criticism or opposition. In fact, he seemed to love it. It was almost like he got an adrenaline rush from confrontation. He used to analogize change leadership to a military bombing mission. He said, if you're not being shot at, you're not over the target. And that kind of combative desire to prove everybody else wrong, I think that's endemic to transformational leaders. Because if they were just trying to do what everybody else was, there's no way they can be distinctive. They're just going to be me too instead of better. Everyone yep. was telling me I was wrong. And I literally, I was like a child. I would cover my ears. Nah, 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 like I'm not listening to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm 
screw you guys. I'm going for it. And I'm really, really <laughs> glad I did because, because in doing that, I got the confirmation from the customers that was on the right path. And it was a little bit like a snowball effect, right? You know, I created an avalanche. It was like one little snowflake of an idea. Well, you know, you've, you've always been a, a big doer. Yes. And complementing that with being a big thinker is the winning combination. Um, do you remember Steve Case? He was the AOL guy. Totally. He's, he has one of my favorite business quotes. He said, a compelling vision without the ability to execute is just a hallucination. And what really differentiates you is that ability to get things done. Mm-hmm. You've had that with you from the start. Totally. Coupling that with the big idea makes you somebody who matters. I'm a Mexican, not a Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to say that. All right, Jim. So as we wrap up and exit, for our listeners who want to learn more about being a great leader or a transformational leader or even a Mexican, uh, do you have any cool recommendations that you would like to share with them from your experience? My favorite all-time business book is Execution by Larry Bassetti. He was the CEO of Allied Signal. And what he talks about is the sweat equity side of change. Mm -hmm. So there's a million books on thought leadership and, uh, you know, big thinking. Um, But what he was great at was taking those big thoughts and making them a reality. And all the secrets of how you do that are in that book. It's outstanding. Awesome. It's a good reminder that the compelling vision um, doesn't execute itself. It's yeah. just a hallucination. Yep. Otherwise. I think that's a great way to end. I think that's totally true. You are really a great friend and a mentor to me, despite that rocking counter 20 years ago. Stick around because we're ending each episode with a telco in 20 takeaway. I have 20 seconds to tell you something you need to know about. I'm sure we piqued your interest in the book Execution. I'm such a big fan of how important it is to execute that I'm going to send a free copy to the first 10 telco execs who follow me and request one via direct message on Twitter. My handle is telcodr, that's T-E-L-C-O-D-R. Even if you don't get a copy from me, you should totally read it. I'll be sure to put a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes. A huge thanks to Jim Abel and thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share our podcast with your colleagues, and let's connect on LinkedIn and on Twitter at TelcoDR. Also sign up for our email newsletter at TelcoDR.com. That's T-E-L-C-O-D-R.com. We've included that link in our episode resources, and you can text me too at 925-TELCO-DR. Later, nerds. How about Hasta la vista, baby. Your later nerds is great. That should be your sign off on everything. Thank you. That's great feedback. Hasta pasta. (laughs) Later nerds. 